our topic for today is about busyness. Okay. Not business, but busyness. Uh, most of you know, uh, in our Wednesday prayer fellowship, this has been the ongoing topic. Uh, as we took up the book called Crazy Busy uh, by Kevin DeYoung. Uh, now the main point of that book was to show us that a busy lifestyle is not necessarily a productive one. And that there is a way to be busy that benefits both mind, body, and soul. Now, this book is especially relevant to our lifestyles here in North America, and especially here in Toronto, where our days and hours just seem to fly by. Uh, you know, you start your day dark, uh, by the time you go home after work, it's dark again. <laughs> so, uh, the time here seems to fly by because we're so busy. Uh, so my goal today is uh, to give you a summary of the book uh, by looking at the story of Mary and Martha, found in the Gospel of Luke. Uh, and this, this story shows us that there is a kind of busyness that is necessary. Uh, and if we can only see the value of choosing this necessity, uh, I believe, and I can stand uh, and testify to it, that the rest of our lives will fall into place. Uh, so once again, the story of Mary and Martha. Um, so the, we, as we read the text, that was the story. It was only a paragraph long in the, uh, the Gospel of Luke. The two main characters of this story is obviously Mary and Martha. Uh, and I say that because uh, we can all relate to either one of those characters. Uh, but I would guess that most of us can relate more to Martha rather than Mary. Uh, because in essence, Mary and Martha represent two extremes here. Right? Martha represents that part of our lives where we need to do what is necessary given the situation. Now, the situation here in North America is that if you don't work, you don't eat. You need to work. And the great part about North America is there's tons of work to the point where some people have two, three, four, five jobs. Um, that's the Martha in us. Uh, do things what is ne that is necessary given a given situation. Now the Mary in us, on the other hand, represents that spiritual aspect of our lives and what we need to do in order to continue to grow spiritually. So spiritual aspect, Mary, work, life, ministry, even ministry aspect, Martha. Uh, and that's why I, uh, I say that most of us are are Martha's. Uh, one of the questions that was asked in our last week's uh, Wednesday fellowship was, uh, if someone were to follow you around for a week, what would that person conclude your priorities to be? Somebody came, with a, let's say with a camera, <laughs> followed you around for a week, blogged your life. Uh, what would they say your priorities uh, are? Uh, for those of us who are still in the workforce, it would probably be work. Because that's where we spend most of our time. Or for those of us who have work and family, the conclusion would probably be that. Now, my priorities are my work and my family. Uh, now, retirees, I don't know what you guys do to stay busy, but you must be doing something. What is that thing? And if somebody were to follow you every uh, for a week, uh, what would they say your priorities would be? Uh, and there's certainly nothing wrong with uh, a work kind of lifestyle where most of us fit, right? Uh, as 
really, if you look at what Martha, who Martha is and what she's doing in the story, there's really nothing wrong with, about, you know, with being a Martha. Right? We all have responsibilities that we have to be accountable for, uh, and that is what consumes most of our days. So, um, so what is Luke trying to tell us in this story then? Right? If there's nothing wrong in being a Martha, What's Luke trying to tell us in, with this story? Because oh, obviously, the example that we're supposed to follow here is the example of Mary, not Martha, right? So does that mean that if we were to follow the example of Mary, that, does that mean that all of us are just to sit all day, we're, we're Christians, right? So we just sit all day reading and uh, reading the Bible and listening to sermons about Jesus? Is that what that means, uh, I don't think so, right? That's why I say they're both extremes, right? Uh, we can't just sit all day and listen and to sermons and read the Bible. Even, even me as a pastor, I don't do that every single day. There are other things that I have to do at home that needs to get done, a la Martha. Uh, so really, when you look at that, um, that's not what Luke is trying to teach us here. Uh, again, it's, it's not like... Um, when you look at Martha, uh, you know, she's just uh, watching YouTube or Netflix. She's not wasting her time. She's actually working. She's actually serving. She was doing ministry work. Why? Because she's preparing all these things for who? For the visitor, for her guest, who is the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and the Bible talks a lot about that. It talks about work being part of the Christian life. Check out Luke 10, verse 40 again. Martha was distracted with much serving. Right? Martha was distracted with much serving. So she was actually, in doing the work, it was service. It was ministry. Check out Romans 12, 7. If service, uh, meaning if service is your gift, then serve. Uh, show it in your serving. The one who teaches, if that's your gift, then show it by teaching. Right. So if, if that's your gift, if, if you have a Martha kind of gift, then serve. If you have a, a, a gift of teaching, then teach. Singing, then sing. Uh, don't, God didn't give you that gift so you can sit around and do nothing and not use it. Right? So that's what Romans 12, 7 says. What about 1 Peter 4, 11? Whoever speaks as one who speaks, oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. Whoever, whoever can speak, speak oracles. Whoever can serve, serve by the strength that God supplies. In order that in everything God may be glorified through Christ Jesus. To him be glory, dominion forever and ever. Amen. So the Bible talks about Christians do not just sit and listen to sermons and read their Bibles and pray. Although we're supposed to do all those things. But that's not all that we do. Right? We're supposed to also serve or work or do ministry. Um, if we were to apply that to the church as a body, uh, all those verses talk about gifts, right? Uh, and there are some people who are called to serve in a Martha sort of way. Um, those are people who, uh, when we still had, you know, in-person gatherings, remember those times where we had, like, 
potlucks and uh, I don't know about you, but I remember the early Glencairn days where we used to have potlucks in the parking lot for lunch. Everybody would have lunch together uh, every Sunday. Uh, granted, there was only probably less than 100 of us back then, but um, there are people who actually were there to prepare, prepare the food or those who clean up, those who work in the background. Those are Martha kinds of ministries. And it's okay to be busy when doing that kind of work. Now the problem with being a Martha is not that Martha was busy with so much serving. Right? That's not the issue here. Uh, I think the issue is their attitude towards serving. Um, and I, 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 a lot of people get this wrong because when you read verse 40, it says, but Martha was distracted with much serving. Uh, we automatically conclude that it's the serving that caused Martha's problem. Maybe, maybe she's doing too much. Maybe she was trying to do too much. That's a problem. So we shouldn't do too much. Well, if you analyze and think about it a little bit more, based on the context, Martha, first of all, Martha was the one who welcomed Jesus into her home. Right? So if you do that, you're the host. And I don't know about you, if you've hosted people before, you're the host, that means you prepare for the guest, right? You're the one who's supposed to get, get everything ready for the guest. Now, if Martha followed Mary's example, right? So instead of preparing the food and making sure the guests were taken care of, Martha just sat with Mary, then who's going to do the serving? Who's going to do it? Same thing in our church. If all we do is sit and listen to sermon, meanwhile, nobody wants to serve, nobody wants to be a Martha, then how is this church going to keep going? Like right now, if Brother Jesse just said, you know what, I want to be Mary. I want to sit in front and just listen. Who's going to run the show here? Right? Choir, president of worship team. If they all had... Merry attitudes, extreme. And who's going to lead us in singing? Who's going to sing the, the songs for, that, that teaches us, you know, truths about God? If there were no, if all the deacons were all of a sudden, I want to be Mary, then who's going who's gonna to do all the things that are necessary to run this church, the physical aspect of the church? Nobody. So we do need Martha's. Right? We do need Martha's. Um, so based on this story, um, the problem with living a busy life is not what keeps us busy. If you, if you just think about what the story is telling us. The problem with living a busy life is not about what keeps us busy. What Martha was doing was fine. She was serving. Right? Same with us. We live busy lives here in Toronto, here in North America. But that's not the problem, right? Because most of us, okay, what keeps us busy is also what keeps roof of, the roof over your head. It is also what keeps food on the table and the clothes on your back and your kids' backs, right? That's most of us. That's what keeps us busy. You know, not a lot of people here go gambling and, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm so busy because I'm always at the casino, or I'm so busy because I'm always, I, I just want to watch TV. No, 
uh, most of us, the reason why we're busy is for good things. It's because so we can provide for our family, so we can meet our needs. So then you go back to the story. So then if that's the case, then what is the problem with living a Martha kind of life? We're living a crazy, busy kind of life. Jesus gives us the answer. Check out Luke uh, chapter 10, 41, first part of 41. Luke 10, 41a. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. What's the problem with Martha? Is it because she was doing too much? Is it because she was, you know, she planned for too much? Working too much? Mm, no. no. The problem with Martha is that. Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. You know, first of all, check out how Jesus repeated Martha's name. <clears throat> right? The author of the book uh, that we studied, Crazy Busy, said this about the name repetition. Uh, name repetition, and I quote, the repetition speaks of intense emotion, like Master, Master in Luke 8.24, or Jerusalem, Jerusalem in Luke 13.34, or Simon, Simon in Luke 22.31. Okay. When Jesus repeated Martha's name, it is an intense emotion. Now, that intense emotion, could that have been anger? It could have been. It could have been that Jesus was upset because Martha was, uh, you know, panicking and pointing fingers, right? He could have said, hey, hey, Martha, Martha. Stop being anxious about too many things. Uh, could have been that. Uh, but I think the suggested tone says that Jesus was not upset, but that he was more concerned with how Mar Martha was handling the busyness of her situation. And it's like saying... You know, when, when, when a child gets injured or upset, it's like saying, they're there. You know? It's like saying that. It's like uh, you're trying to calm that person down. Right? Because Martha was already in a panic mode. Um, and I, think, I think that's what Jesus was doing there. He was trying to calm Martha down. Uh, because of her busyness, uh, Martha was starting to, again, panic and point fingers. What did Martha say to Jesus again? But Martha, in verse 40, was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him, the Lord Jesus, and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. So not only was she panicking, she was already pointing fingers. Right? She was already pointing fingers. She's starting to look at Mary, and how Mary is not doing anything. And how Mary left her to do everything. Uh, so here we can see, again, busyness in serving was not the problem. That wasn't the issue. It was Martha's attitude towards her busyness that was causing her to get distracted. Uh, now, look, uh, I want you to now look at how Jesus described Martha's attitude towards her busyness. Again, Jesus said, verse 41, But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled 
about many things. So what was Martha's problem? Martha's problem is that she was anxious about, and, and not just anxious, but troubled about many things. This is what makes our lives, okay, if you're applied to us, this is what makes our lives crazy busy. When we are anxious and troubled about many things. Let me give you a few examples, okay? It's like when we work overtime and, and, and when we work even on Sundays. You know, either because we think that we, what we earn is not enough, that's why we need to work overtime on Sundays, or because we are never satisfied with what we have, uh, so we work extra hard to get the things that we don't have. Okay. When, when, when that's our attitude, your life will be crazy busy. Because Sundays are so... God, God created the Sabbath for man, not man for the Sabbath. We need rest. Right? But if that's our attitude, then yeah, you'll have a crazy busy life. Now granted, there are some of us who need to do this. I know there are some people here who need to work on Sundays, right? Because of the type of job that they have. Or maybe even because you need to provide for more people apart from our own families here in Canada. Some of us are providing for people uh, back home in the Philippines. So we need to work that extra hard. I get that. I understand that. But if that's not you, then why are you working extra? Unless you put yourself in a hole because you, 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 know, you messed up your credit or whatever and you have to make up for that. Then yeah, that, but that's your fault. <laughs> right? What about you? Why do we need to do that? Now, uh, or when we, uh, another example is when we think too much about what others think about us or when we think too much about what others have that we don't, uh, you know, we engage in an unhealthy form of busyness. Why? So we can keep up with everybody else. That's another reason why some of us are so busy. I'll keep up with everybody else. Um, or, you know, when it comes to the church, uh, there are some people who crave the praises of others for the ministries that they do. Okay. Or those people who, you know, are collectors of likes on Facebook. I got to get a like on my Facebook page or on my Instagram page. When, when we're like that, we put ourselves in a situation where in order to satisfy our perceived notion of how others think of us, we work extra hard to meet those expectations, making our lives crazy busy. Right? And to think about it, and this is where parents, uh, parents listen up, we're not the only ones we drive crazy busy. Our tendency is to drive our children crazy busy too. Well, we want to be able to show off our kids, right? So what we do? I enroll them in all kinds of lessons. Piano lessons, ballet, dance, uh, sports. Right? So what's the result? Man, I'm so busy. My schedule has no spaces in it. Crazy busy lifestyle. Right? What happens when, when that's us? When, we, when our lifestyle is like that? We tend to get burnt out. We tend to have a Martha-like burnout. That's what happened to Martha, right? She was so anxious. She was so troubled about many things. 
She finally came to Jesus and started complaining, started pointing fingers, started to panic. Now, when you think about it, at the root of all these things, why do we do that? Why do we put ourselves in that situation? Um, at the root of all those things is, is unbelief. Just a lack of faith. It's a mindset that having God through Jesus Christ is not enough. It's good to have, but it's not enough. We need to have everything else. Right? But guess what comes with everything else? Or guess what comes with wanting everything else? Is doing whatever it takes so that we can get it. Therefore, again, back to crazy, busy lifestyle. So Jesus diagnosed Martha, not with too much serving, but being too anxious and troubled about many things. Now, how does Martha, how can Martha overcome this anxiety? Check out what Jesus prescribes in Luke 10, verse 42. Luke 10, 42, 42 says what? Well, only one thing is necessary. Check it out. One thing is necessary. Okay? Think about those words. One thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. So what is the one thing? What is the one thing that Martha does not have that is necessary that Mary chose? Answer? Jesus. The Lord Jesus Christ. Now again, does this mean that all we should do or all we should be doing as Christians is reading our Bible and listening to sermons all day? No. That's not what Jesus means by that. So, so what does Jesus mean by having this one thing? Let's go to Matthew 6, uh, verses 19 to 34. 19 says, Don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and, and rust destroy, uh, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, what? There your heart will be also. Uh, and then he goes on to say, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, then your whole body will be full of darkness. And if then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? And then 624, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. 25, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or drink, or what you will, uh, or about your body, what you will put on. Is it not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And I tell you, even Solomon, in all of his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. But... If God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, 
do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I believe that the one thing that Jesus is talking about in Luke 10, same thing that Jesus was talking about as part of the Sermon on the Mount found in, in Matthew 6. Right? If you notice, the issue that Jesus was trying to deal with here began in verse 19 is mainly the issue of money or more specifically idolizing money and material things. From the beginning of verse 19, Jesus is already saying, Treasures on earth do not compare to treasures in heaven. Earthly treasures are temporary. Heavenly treasures are eternal. If that's the case, if it doesn't compare, if it's apples and oranges, so to speak, therefore Jesus says, lay up, accumulate, or reserve for yourselves, where? Treasures in heaven. And then he gives us a reason why. Why? Because where your treasure is, your heart will follow. This means that your essence as a person, your heart, who you really are, can be seen by what you treasure. That's why in verse 24, Jesus laid out, lays out the main point of the whole teaching on money and material possessions by saying what? You can't serve both God and money. It's obvious who you're serving by what you treasure. And you can't serve both. You have to choose one. Now, now comes the problem. Okay? For a lot of people, uh, I would say Christians included, serving God means that they're never going to get what they really want. Serving God means they'll never get what they really want or they will never reach the status they want to reach here on earth as far as possessions are concerned. If I was to focus on God and God alone, I'll never be rich. I'll never get what I really want. I'll never get the status. I'll never reach that kind of or earn or accumulate that kind of Wealth. Now, in some ways, it's true. Right? Unless you're a prosperity preacher, <laughs> it's true. We're never going to get to that point. Like, I'm never going to be a billionaire. I'm never going to have a plane. It's true in some ways. But have you ever asked yourself, is it really necessary? Like seriously, is it really necessary? Do we really need to be super rich as far as money and possessions go? Think about it. Can we survive with the minimum? We all came from the Philippines, right? Think about your lifestyle there compared to your house now, compared to your... Most of us don't have cars over there. <laughs> right? 
But then you come here and all of a sudden, oh, I need one. I can't live without one. Uh, think about the days when there was no internet or there was no cell phones. You were fine, right? But now, God have the best cell phone. God have. Is it necessary to have these things? Have you ever thought about that? Because the reason, the reason that I ask is because look how Jesus concludes the part of the sermon. Right? Again, back to Matthew 6, 25-32. Therefore, is his conclusion, saying, therefore, I tell you, don't be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. It's not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Why are you anxious about clothing? Consider, again, the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Right? But if God so clothes the grass of the field, stays alive, and tomorrow is thrown to the oven, will he not much more clothe you? And this is the key phrase, O you of little faith. Remember I said that earlier? The main issue that Martha has is because of unbelief. Right? That's why she's anxious. Because she has little faith. Uh, and then, conclusion, 31. Therefore, don't be anxious about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, or what you're going to wear. The Gentiles seek after these things, and your Heavenly Father knows you need them all. Right? So Jesus concludes by saying, hey, listen, don't worry about your life. All the necessities of life, food, shelter, clothing. There's no mention there of you know, Air Jordans or mountain bikes and iPhones. No. God will give you what you need. Right? It will be provided for you because God knows you need these things. Now, essentially, what Jesus is saying is that, sure, God may not give you everything that you want, and I trust that when, when I say that, you agree with me because you know some of the things that you want is bad for you, but you still want it. You know some of the things that we all want, we don't really need, but we still want them. Sometimes, even if we can't afford them. And so what do we do? Again, crazy, busy life. God won't give it to me, I'll get it myself. But meanwhile, God is assuring us, Everything that you need, I will provide. Everything that, all the necessities of life, I will provide. Even when he kicked out Adam and Eve from the Garden of Eden, did he provide? He clothed them, remember? He didn't have to, but he still clothed them. God will provide the necessities of life. Therefore, having God, or in the words of Luke, choosing Jesus as your portion is the one thing necessary. Right? Because with God, 
You won't need to worry about the other necessities of life like food, shelter, and clothing. Now, if that's the case, if we have everything that we need, therefore, Matthew 6 saying, says, don't be anxious and troubled by so many things. Luke 10 says that as well, right? Martha, Martha, don't be anxious and troubled by so many things. Right? All you have to do is trust and treasure God through Jesus Christ. Seek His sovereign rule over your life through His Son. And God promises that all these things, Matthew 6, 32, all these things, when, I, when he, it says all these things, all these necessary things will be added to you. Now, can God also give us the things that we want? I would say yes, if it's good for you. Always if it's good for you. He will. But really, the promise is about the things that you need. Food, shelter, clothing. He will provide all of that. And for all of, for all of us here in North America, an abundance of it. He will provide for all of those things. So what's the message? What's the message for us today? The message for us today is that unless we have the good portion, and unless we prioritize the good portion, namely the Lord Jesus Christ, in our day-to-day -day life, we will always be distracted by busyness. And this lifestyle will always pull us away from one thing that is, from the one thing that is necessary. Right? We will always prioritize busyness. And that kind of lifestyle will always slowly pull us away from the one thing that is necessary. Now some of you are probably thinking, well, that lifestyle's gotten me my house, or that lifestyle's gotten me my car, and that lifestyle's gotten me this, 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 and that. Well, you know what the problem with that is? Even if you have a nice house already, or even if you have a nice car already, or even if you have everything that you say you need and want, guess what? Without Christ, you're going to want more. And we've talked about this over and over again. And that's the reason why it says there that Martha was distracted with serving. You know what distraction means? When you put this in front of a word, it's always a negative, right? right? Distrust. I don't trust. Right? Distracted or distraction means no traction. And when there is no traction, you can't move. You're not moving forward. So if your life is that, distracted by much because you are anxious and troubled by so many things because you want so many things and, and God won't give it to me and I have to work for it myself, you're distracted, meaning you can't move forward. Then you say, but I'm getting all the stuff that I, that I, I want. Yeah, what, but what you don't have is contentment, satisfaction. That can only be found in the Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians 4, right? I can do all things. I can be content with having little or much because of Him who strengthens me. Without Christ, you won't move 
forward as far as your desires for things are concerned. You'll always be just running that treadmill. Why? Because once you get the thing that you want, you work overtime for, you work hard for, next month, you want another one. You want something else. Sometimes, and I experience it myself, sometimes when people ask me, like my family asks me, what do you want for your birthday? I, I don't know what to say anymore. Because I got everything. But I start thinking of other things. Oh, just last night I told my kids, oh, what are you guys getting me for my birthday? And they're like, well, we don't know. What do you want? What do you want? Uh, I want a samurai sword. What, what am I going to do with that? <laughs> because there's nothing else. I got everything. But because of this distraction, now I got my kids working hard so they can get me that, whatever that thing is. And that's what happens. You, the reason why you're working so hard, you want to pay off my mortgage quick. I want to do this quick. I want to get rid of, they're all good things. But if you're not going to get satisfied at one point, then you're just going to stay where you are. You're not moving forward really because at that next step you want something else the next step you want something else so you're not really moving forward you're just running in place that's what happens when it comes to serving in ministry that's why a lot of people get burned out in ministry because they serve and serve and serve and serve and serve meanwhile they don't have that one thing their spiritual lives are a mess But they think that serving can, you know, straighten it out. No, it doesn't work that way. The one thing that's necessary is the one thing that is burning you out. Without that, you can serve all you want. You'll just end up like Martha. End up looking at other people. Uh, why, how come they're not doing anything? How come we're the ones who always work? How come I'm the one who's always got to be deacon? Or how come I'm the one who always... Those are all Martha words, Martha phrases. Because I know some people who get no breaks. They get no... I don't, I don't hear burnout from these people. But I hear a lot of burnout from the people who... <sighs> I'm sorry to say, but where, where are you Spiritually. That's why Jesus in Luke 10 tells us, choose a good portion. That's why Jesus in Matthew 6 tells us, seek first, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. But that's the one thing necessary. Let's not spend our lives trying to do and accomplish things that, we, that will not count in the end because of the way we try to accomplish them. Let me say that again. Let's not spend our lives trying to do and accomplish things that will not count in the end because of the way we try to accomplish them. Namely, on our own strength and will. The author of the book points out, if you read the whole Luke 10, right? The story of Martha comes in last. There are two stories that come before it. The 72 that were sent out by Jesus, right? He sends out 72 to do what? 
heal the sick, cast out demons, and the gospel. And after that, there's this parable about the Good Samaritan. Now the reason why Martha and Mary's story came after those two stories is to show us that even if we were able to heal the sick, or able to preach the gospel, able to cast out demons, right? just like the 72 were, or able to do mercy or show mercy and do justice, just like the good Samaritan. But if we don't sit at the, fit, the, the feet of Jesus, then we miss the one thing we need the most. We missed it. Remember in Matthew 7, I think verse 7, 13, right? There was people there who say, Jesus, didn't we cast out demons? Didn't we do all these ministries? Didn't we do all this work for you? Jesus says, get away from me. I never knew you. You never sat on my feet. And the motives that you did those things are all selfish. You never sat on my feet. Same thing here. You can do all those things. You can be the good Samaritan. You can be the 70, one of the 72. Accomplish all those things. At the end, it doesn't count. Why? Because you missed the one thing <laughs> that you're supposed to have. So as far as our world is concerned, as far as our context here is concerned, we can be rich, we can be successful. We can have multiple houses and cars and all the money you could ever want. Or you could be rich in ministry. You could, have, you could be part of every ministry in the church. If in the end you don't have Jesus, then you miss the whole point of life itself. At the same time, if you don't have Jesus and you're relying on your own strength to do all these things, then you'll get burnt out. I'm pretty sure I've said that many times before. And parents, if, that, if all you want for your kids is to be successful, have a nice house and, you know, car, good job, happy family, if you stop there, you miss the point. And kids, if that's all you want for yourself, Young people, those of you already married or newlyweds, that's all you want for yourself? You miss the point. Life is not all about working crazy hard and having a crazy busy schedule in order to be able to afford the necessities and wants of life. Especially the necessities. Right? Because God promised, I I'll take care of all that. Just don't be anxious. Don't add more stuff to your already busy Life. I'll make sure you got the one thing that is necessary. So this new year, I hope you make that a priority in your day-to-day -day life. To sit at Jesus' feet like Mary and learn how to grow more in His grace. Learn to rest in faith at the feet of Christ. Believe in His promises to provide all that you will ever need in all aspects of your life. This will free you to spend some time with Him. You don't have to be worried about something that you don't have so that you don't have to work for it extra hard. 
and you just sit there and wait, by the grace of God, he, will, he may give it to you or not because it's bad for you anyway. If that's us, if you can just sit there and be content and just wait on God, at the same time learn more about God and His goodness, then we'll have some free time to spend with Him. Choose the good portion. Choose the one who is necessary. And I'm not talking about spending all day again. You can, you can start with five minutes. Every morning, start with five minutes of prayer. And then hopefully, by the grace of God, it will grow to 10, 20, 30, 40 minutes of devotion time. I have that problem myself. Right? Sometimes I, I put everything else before that. And listen, what God is saying in Matthew 6 is that that will only cause you to be anxious. But seek first, and all those things will be added unto you. Right? So this year, make it a priority in our daily lives to sit at, the, at Jesus' feet like Mary. Drown out the noise of, of the busyness of this world. With what? With His Word. Daily, through prayer and quiet time. Seek Him first each and every day and rely on Him to provide for all that you will need for that day. And then rest in assurance that He will be faithful to provide. Get that straight in your daily Christian walk that everything, every strength, every breath that you take is all from God. All relies on Him to give you that by grace. Once you get that straight, go out and work and serve like Martha. Right? Treat every service and work as worship to your Lord and Savior, not just the stuff you do at church. Don't look at others who are not like you. Stop looking at the effort that you're putting in. Oh, it's so hard. Stop looking at the fatigue and times of being overwhelmed, which is going to come. But don't focus on that. Focus on the good portion. Right? Keep your eyes focused on the good portion. And again, sure, there will be times when you feel like you're burnt out or you just want to quit. But when the Bible says that Jesus is the good portion and the one thing necessary, ask yourself, necessary for what? I would say necessary for anything and everything you need, including overcoming being burnt out by being renewed and refreshed in His presence. <laughs> when He says He's the one, th He's like the cure-all for everything. That's what He's trying to say here. You're anxious about your needs, life and, and, and clothing and food? Don't be. Seek first the kingdom of God. All those things will be added to you. Choose the one thing necessary. I'm burnt out. Uh, that's it. I can't, I can't do this anymore. I'm so busy outside. Uh, the, question, the, 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 the solution there is not to run away from Jesus. It's to sit at his feet. Choose him as the one thing necessary to help you overcome your burnout. He will renew. He will refresh. Right? Jesus said what? 
All the weary, all the heavy laden, come to me. And I will give you rest. Not just rest for your soul. I believe even rest for your body. Rest from anxiousness. Rest from troubled thoughts. All that stuff is included. Use this year to learn how to serve like Martha and rest like Mary. Use this year to learn how to serve like Martha and rest like Mary. Let me close the message with this quote from the book. And I quote, We won't say no to more craziness until we can say yes to more Jesus. We will keep choosing dinner rolls over the bread of life. We will choose the fanfare of the world over the feet of Jesus. We will choose busyness over blessing. It's not wrong to be tired. It's not wrong to feel overwhelmed. It's not wrong to go through seasons of complete chaos. What is wrong and heartbreakingly foolish and wonderfully avoidable is to live a life with more craziness than we want because we have less Jesus than we need. Feeling overwhelmed, feeling burnt out, feeling, you know, it's, it's, I gotta get, I gotta get, take a, I gotta get a break. This is, this is the rest. Jesus is offering you rest. Come sit on my feet. Learn more about who I am. Trust me. That's what Jesus is saying to us this morning, and hopefully that's what you heard from the sermon this morning. Pray that that will be an encouragement to all of us who feel overwhelmed and burdened by the troubles and anxieties of life. Amen. Let's pray. Gracious, gracious, gracious.